the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. If you have your Bibles with you, and you should, I want to invite your attention on this morning to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 14. And we'll begin our reading in Matthew chapter 14 at verse 22. When you find it there, let us know you're there by saying amen. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. The word of the Lord reads, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, He was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, by the wind, and the wind, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, He was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning and for your grace, kindness, and love towards us. Thank you for the word of God today. Father, I'm praying that even now you will prepare the preaching of the gospel, that the word of God might go forward in such a way that your name would be glorified. Father, if there's any listening or hearing this word on this day or on any occasion that they might come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ if they don't know you as Lord and Savior, Father, if there are those who are in the midst, who are drifting and sinking, I pray that today you would reach out your hand and save them from sinking sand. Father, glorify yourself, edify this body, encourage every soul listening. Let your will be done, let your way be accomplished. Use me as an instrument in your hand to accomplish your will. You are the living God. 
and we trust you in this matter. That you would get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you. Amen. Amen. Katerin, we've been uh, in a, on a journey through a series of messages entitled, Let There Be Faith in God. Let there be faith in God. We started our journey in Luke chapter 8, the first message we spoke to you from the subject matter, uh, faith to be made well. And it was in that story there of the woman with the issue of blood that we gleaned and gained great insight about faith to be made well. Secondly, we were in Luke chapter 8, dealing with the second part of that double miracle that Jesus performed. Then we spoke from the subject matter, fatality faith. And as we dealt with the issue of fatality faith, which was Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, whose daughter was dead, we saw the faith work there that Jairus's daughter was brought back to life. And then last week we were in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 and 2, and we spoke there from the subject matter, faith is, faith is. And we looked at faith as it relates to its it's dynamic and what it is, and we looked at the nature of faith, and we saw that the nature of faith, that it is substantive, it is proof, it is that deeded property, that proof that what that which, which is not seen already belongs to you, and there's a deed that the Lord has signed with his word for you. We saw that the realm of faith was that is in the spiritual, the realm of faith is that which is in a spiritual realm, not which is in the natural realm, though the spiritual realm, faith, exercises itself or manifests itself in the earthly realm. Finally, we talked about the results of faith, and we said that the results of faith is that you retain, obtain a good report. And there in Hebrews chapter 11, we see the elders that have gone before us that are listed, the heroes of faith, if you will, that are listed in Hebrews that let us see how God used each and every one of their faiths to allow them to obtain a good report from God. This morning, as we find ourselves in this passage here in Matthew, a somewhat familiar story of Jesus and his disciples, we find ourselves in the midst of the ministry of Jesus where Jesus has been teaching and preaching almost nonstop, like on and on and on. And everywhere he goes, multitudes are gathering together to him, and the multitudes are following him, and the multitudes are begging for him. The more he preaches, the more they want. The more he teaches, the more they want. And they're exhausting him and wearing him out, and they come to this place out in a a desolate place. And just before we get to this part of the text in in Matthew 14, 23, Jesus is is there, and the people are hungry, and he feeds 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And And as he feeds all the people, and the people are satisfied in the physical, and they've been satisfied in the spiritual, he sends his disciples ahead and says, okay, y'all go and get on the boat, go on the other side. I'll catch up with you. And he sends the multitude away, and then he goes to the mountain to spend time with his father in prayer. And while there on the mountain, he's praying, and I was thinking through this thing. He, the Bible says he left and, and, and sent the multitude away and sent his discipleship, disciples ahead of him at evening time or in the evening, but it's not until about the fourth watch, 3 to 4 a.m. in the morning, that he leaves his mountaintop prayer experience. I'm going to tell you something about prayer. Prayer prepares you for what's coming ahead of you. If y'all don't learn nothing else, learn that today. Prayer will prepare you for what's coming ahead of you. 
And so he's there on the mountain praying with his disciples, and his disciples are in the middle of the sea. Around the fourth watch, the text says, is in the fourth watch, it was between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. They're in the middle of the sea, and a storm has come up on the sea, and the boat is being tossed to and fro, and, and the waves are crashing, and the wind is blowing, and all that's going on. And the interesting thing about all of that, watch this, the interesting thing about all of that is that the disciples are on the boat, but they're not afraid of the sea. Stay here with me. Some people can be in the middle of a storm, but they're used to the storm. Y'all still here? Some people can go through storms in life, but it's not the storm that bothers them because they're used to storms. It's not until they see Jesus walking to them in the middle of the sea. Between 3 o'clock in the morning and 6 o'clock in the morning, they see a, a, a figure coming their way, and the Bible says they perceive, they believe it's a ghost. Now, I don't exactly know how they came to that understanding, but it tells me something about ghosts because it's in the Bible other than the Holy Ghost. Y'all still here? So they perceive that they see a ghost, but that's what frightens them. Because listen, a lot of times we can be dealing with things that we're familiar with. In other words, you can have familiar chaos, but it's that unexpected chaos that troubles you. It's, it's seeing that, that unusual thing coming your way that causes trouble in your life, that causes fear in your life. And so as he's coming, they become fearful, and they become so fearful, it's not just a fear that they keep bottled up inside and they just kind of cower back and shiver and shake. No, the text says they cry out for fear. I mean, these are grown men on the sea who have been walking with Jesus and a little bitty ghost comes walking on the water, Casper walking on the water, y'all, and they, they, are, they are so afraid. They don't even know what it is. But I'm, I'm going to show you something. <laughs> it's, that, it's that kind of unexpected spiritual approach that causes great fear, and especially when you see it coming. And watch this. But the way to combat great fear is you've got to have big faith. I want to talk to you this morning from the subject matter, big faith. Jesus accuses Peter of having little faith. But I want to talk about having big faith. Are y'all still here with me? So look at this text and begin to delve into it. Verse 27, somewhere there is about, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Jesus begins to address them in their fear and they're, they're crying out, they're hollering and screaming. I can only imagine what's going on on the boat. You got 12 grown men talking, can you see that? Oh, it's, coming. it's coming right at us. And they screaming and hollering and acting crazy on the boat. And Jesus says, calm down, it's me. Peter says, no, nah, that can't be Jesus. This is my version of the story. It can't be Jesus. Matter of fact, that don't, that don't look like Jesus. i never seen Jesus walk on the water. i never seen that like this. And he, he's afraid too, but, but, but watch this. But he begins to at least exercise some measure of faith. And Peter says, he answered him and says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. The first thing I want to look at in this text, if you're going to deal with 
your fear. I mean, if you're going to have big faith, you're going to have to learn how to face your fear. Because big faith faces fear. Y'all still here? Big faith faces fear. Now, I'm going to ask this question. I want you to just kind of dig down deep in your heart if you've got to go very far to get it. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? Big faith faces fear. Big faith believes what God says. God says here to Peter, and, and if you're going to face this fear, Peter, you got to believe me. It's, it's me. It's me. It's not a ghost. It's me. The reason why the, the, the disciples on the boat and Jesus' commendation, his, his response doesn't calm them down is because they didn't believe what he said. Y'all still here? And if I'm going to face my fear, I've got to believe what God said about the thing that's coming at me. Are y'all still with me? I feel like I'm losing y'all this morning. Y'all, y'all still got turkey on the breath? Look, look, if, if you're going to face your fear, you got to remember that the Lord said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. So why are you afraid? It is the Lord that said, I, I will take care of you if I've taken care of the little birds and, and if I've adorned the flowers of the field, I'll take care of your needs too. So what are you afraid of? We've got to believe what the Lord said if we're going to face our fears. And so big faith allows us to face our fears, first of all, by believing what the Lord said. Now, some would suggest that maybe Peter believes what the Lord says, but I'm not so sure. But at least he challenges the, 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 the ghost or the, the figure that's coming, and he says, well, if it's you, uh, bid me to come walking on water to you. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause for a moment because I'm going to say, now, Peter's a fisherman, so he's kind of used to water, but Peter's response if he says, if, watch this. First of all, if, if I'm going to face my fear, I need to know that I've got, well, let me start this way. First thing I need to do is I need to seek direction from the Lord as to how I'm going to deal with the fear. This is what Peter does. Peter seeks direction from the Lord. If it's you, Lord, this is what I, I want you to be able to do. I want you to call me out to you on the water. So he seeks direction, but watch this, but he also waits for the answer. Notice Peter doesn't just jump in the water and says, hey, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come on out there to you. No, he says, well, wait, wait a minute. Lord, I need to know what to do with this fear that I'm facing. I need to, do, I need to know how to handle what I'm dealing with. And, Lord, since I'm, since I'm here, um, if it's you, I, I need some instructions. Give me some instructions. Call me out to you on the water. And so Jesus says, come. Now, let me say something about Peter's question. Peter's question to me looks like big faith. Now, I know I got the highly spiritual crowd here because this is 8 a.m. in the morning, and so these are the holy, holy people who didn't see nothing, no big problem with Peter's request. But I, got a pro- I, got, I, I think Peter's request is a big request. Think with me just for a moment. You're out in the middle of the sea. You're on a boat with 11 other men. They're hollering and screaming on the boat. And the boat is being tossed around back and forth. Waves are coming. Water's crashing. Everything's dashing. And Peter says, if it's you, Lord, call me out of the boat and I'll get out of the boat in the middle of the sea. 
and, and call me to walk to you. Now, I think to me that's, that's a high level of facing fear. That you're going you're gonna to make a request to be called out to walk out on water that's wave crashing and dashing and wind blowing and all that. And so Peter says, hey, bid me to come to you. And Jesus responds, his command, his request is, Lord, let me come. His response is, come. Simple. Come. Now, I'm not sure where you are this morning. Are you still in the boat or have you gotten out yet? (laughs) Because facing your fear means you got to get out the boat. Y'all still here with me? Peter's request reminds us that facing fear requires you to walk directly towards that thing which causes you fear. Peter's request says, bid me to come to you. I'm looking at this figure on the sea, and that's what's causing the fear. But, watch this, but facing my fear means I got to walk right up to what I'm fearful of. Facing fear does not mean going the opposite direction. Y'all still here? If you're going to face your fear, if you're afraid of flying, you need to go buy a ticket, go to the airport, go through security, go to the, to the desk, and when they call your name, you need to get on the plane. You haven't finished yet. You need to buckle your seatbelt. Stay on the plane till it taxis. Don't have a a spasm. You got to walk directly toward the thing you're afraid of. Let the plane take off. And, and And watch this. And enjoy facing the next seven hours. I know you wanted that hour and a half flight to Delaware or somewhere close by, right? No, let's, let's take you on a long flight. You've got to face the fear. You've got to go directly at it. Peter's request says, Lord, I want to come directly at what I'm afraid of. Call me to you. And so he says, come. His request also lets us know that facing your fear requires walking through some storms. Because in order for Peter to walk to Jesus, he's got to walk through the storm. He's got to walk through the sea. He's got to walk through the waves. He's got to go through the the crashing and the dashing. He's going to get wet. He's going to get rocked back and forth. Sometimes facing your fear means you're going to get rocked a little. You might get wet a little. You might have to walk through a storm to face your fear. But don't let that stop you. Because if you're going to exercise big faith, you've got to face your fear. Are y'all still here with me? So Jesus says, come. Now watch this. Big faith not only faces fear, but it follows the commands of the Lord. Jesus has one command of Peter. Come. Y'all see that in your text? Just come. Jesus says, come. The commandment of the Lord in big faith may not make sense to you at the time. Listen. Jesus didn't say, stay there on the boat till I get closer and you'll see it is me. That would make sense to me. 
No, Jesus says, go ahead, get out the boat, come, come, come to me. If, and watch this, and if I'm going to exercise big faith, I've got to follow the command of God. What? If you're ever going to walk on water, you got to come. You got to walk towards what you're afraid of. You've got to follow the command that God gave you. You've got to do exactly what he says. You need to follow that command, get out of the boat, and begin walking. If God said, walk on water, you need to start walking on water. It's not up to you to figure out how the water's going to hold you. It's just up to you to obey the command. Are y'all still here with me? If God says walk toward that wall, and I, I want you to walk through that wall, it ain't your problem as to how you're going to get through the wall. That's God's problem. God will make a door when you get there. It's, your, it's up to you to exercise faith to start walking. Listen, the reason why some of us are still in the position that we're in and we haven't exercised faith is because we're waiting for all the details to be in place. God is responsible for the details. We're only responsible for what he co- told us to do. He said, Peter, come. Peter didn't say, wait a minute, how I'm going to get off the boat. Peter didn't say, is there anything under there? Let me see. Hold on a minute. Peter didn't say, it's dark out here. It's 3 a.m. It's 6 a.m. It's early in the morning. Can we wait till till the wind dies down a little bit? No. He says, Peter, come. Now, it doesn't make sense to me for, for Jesus to call Peter to him when he's the one walking on water. Jesus should have just said, man, I'll be there in a minute. But no, in order for us to exercise big faith, it requires us to obey the command of the Lord. Watch this. The command of the Lord may defy logic. It may defy human logic, science. It may defy societal views. It may defy your friend's opinion. It may defy your family's suggestions about it. And in fact, your family, your friends, and, your, and society, and logic says you can't walk on water. Amen? Jesus just said, come, Peter. Walk out here on water with me. But wait a minute, Peter. Wait a minute, Lord. You can't walk on water, Peter. Peter, you're a fisherman. You've been trained to get in a boat and go after the fish. You are not trained to walk on water. Matter of fact, science says that gravity is going to cause you to sink in the water when you step on it because the the amount of surface of the water is not strong enough to hold your weight. And so the moment, wait a minute, scientifically I'm thinking about all the logic, I'm thinking about all the science that goes on into walking on something and and my, my mind, my intelligence, my logic says there's no way in the world that you can walk on water. And then can we add to the, to the logic that we have? Can we add the opinions of our friends? Girl, I was thinking about starting a business. You can't start no business. Right? Family members. You know, I was, I was going to move to this state or I was going to do this. I was going to do that. Why would you do that? You can't live nowhere else. What you going to do for this? What you going to do for this? How you going to handle that? And so, 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 so I'm trying to help us here. Big faith does not depend on family members and friends and logic. It's not going to make sense. The command of the Lord is not going to make sense to anybody else. It doesn't make sense that God would call Peter out on the water. But, but, but watch this. 
Some of you right now are already walking on water and don't even know it. Can I, can I just talk to you, make it plain? Some, some of you are walking in some scenarios that, 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 that logic says you ought not be able to walk. Some of you are walking in and living in some scenarios that your family and friends said you couldn't do. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.